there are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. Chai FM, this is Friday afternoon in Johannesburg, and this is Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas Vayishlach. Welcome, 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 welcome all of our friends, all of our listeners to our new augmented Soul to Soul program on Friday afternoon, right? If you've tuned in and you've looked at your watch, it's a little bit earlier than usual. Baruch Hashem, we've been given a little bit extra time to share a few extra divrei a few more words of inspiration to take us, to carry us into into the Shabbos, into the Shabbos Kodesh. So let's get right into it. We don't want to waste any time. Parshas Vayishlach. Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim Lefonav. Yaakov sends, so this is a, a question, what does the word Malochim mean? So it says that it's Malochim Mamish. You shall send he sent real angels, not just messengers, which is the other possible translation of the word uh, malach, but Yaakov Avinu sent real malachim. And the obvious question is, why? Why did Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu have to send angels, real angels? Why didn't he just send human beings as, his, as to give over the message to, to, uh, to Aesop? Secondly, he says, So you shall say to my master, to Esau. Now, I understand, obviously, when you're talking to a person, to his face, you want to flatter him and call him all kinds of wonderful titles. But why, when instructing the Malachim, does he use the words, uh, Why does he flatter him when he's not even talking to, to, uh, to them? So, the explanation seems to be that when Yaakov Avinu, when he's prepping the Malachim to talk to Esav, in fact, he's carrying on a dual conversation. He's actually at the same time davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu about very, very, very holy, very, very lofty issues. Right? And, uh, and uh, the way the conversation goes is like this. In fact, he took angels, he took Malach Michoel and Malach Gav Gavriel, who are usually the great defenders and advocates of, of Klaliso, that they should bring Yaakov's Tfila before HaKadosh Baruch Hu at the same time as they're delivering the message to Esau. And this way it goes. He says, Koi Simon Ladaini. So you shall say Ladaini. He's not referring there to Esau. That's referring to the Rabbinish Lelam. Le'esav. Those words obviously are intended to Esav. Im Lavangati. As Rashi says. And even though I live with, with Lavan, I didn't become anything important. I never became a Sar and Choshev. According to the brochas our father gave us, I should have been a great person by now. I never became that. That was a message to Esav. But as Rashi says in the second Bashar, in love and Garti and I kept Tayak Mitzvahs, that was to to the Rabbanishlam. Look at me, I'm still I'm still shalling. Vahili Shor Vachamor in on the simple level, 
I have oxes and donkeys. Well, the broch of, of Yitzchak was about Mishmanea Oretz, the fat of the land, and, and Mital Hashemayim. This is neither that. I haven't even, I haven't even fulfilled the, the blessings that Yitzchak gave me. But also, the Medjur says, Vayishov HaChamor refers to Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David, that Yaakov Inu is davening. Please preserve me so I can bring to fruition the great things that need to happen from Klaisho. We'll be back in a moment. This is 101.9. Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. We're just getting started. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul. We are back on your radio here in Johannesburg on a beautiful Friday afternoon. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayishlach, in our new augmented show. By the way, in case you don't know, this is Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. I am supposed to tell you occasionally, because I promise I forget to, who I am quite uh, quite often. So let's, you know, it's almost holiday time. Let's let's, let's keep it quite light uh, 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 today. You know, in this week's Parsha, we have this confrontation between Yaakov and and uh, and Esav, and first Yaakov sends sends messengers to try to placate Yaakov, and eventually the confrontation happens. There's a, a Maisa brought down that the uh, Balatanya, Shnil Zaman Miladi, and Raborochol from Esbes, who was actually the the grandson of, of the Baal Shem Tov. So for quite an extended amount of time, they were involved in in some kind of a a dis- dispute. Obviously, it was it was a fundamental a halachic issue or or a hashkafic issue, but it was quite a quite a a a, a you know Lebedic thing was going on between between them and the and the uh, and the Hasidim, and even though of course there were people who who uh, you know Ayev Shalom the Roidev Shalom who were running after and who tried to to create Shalom and tried to uh, create peace. And, and harmony between the two, between the two, uh, Admirim. So it didn't, uh, work out so well. And on the country, not only didn't, did work so well, the, the attempts to create a, a shalom actually backfired and it, it, it created even greater acrimony and greater fighting between the two, between the two, uh, the two sides. Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayishlach. So Rav Baruch who was as as was is wanting every good Rav's uh, 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 want was was speaking Divrei Torah to his uh, to his Hasidim, and amongst amongst them uh, he said as follows that when Yaakov Avinu wanted to somehow placate his his brother and calm down the anger. Of, of Esau, who he hadn't seen in well over 30 years. So he sent, he sent these malachim, he sent angels to, to, uh, to try to, to try to appease him. What was the outcome, the result of that, of that, uh, of that, uh, overture? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. In fact, uh, uh, Esau was coming now to, to meet him. Bono they come, the malachim come back and they say, we came to your brother, and uh, he's coming to meet you with his four hundred uh, uh, henchmen armed to the armed to the teeth. 
So it comes out that the even the messengers of 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 Yaakov were not successful in their mission to try to create a, a shalom and peace between Yaakov and Esau. Straight afterwards, what happens when the two brothers actually meet face to face? We're told that there was a moment of genuine rapprochement, of genuine coming together of true brother brotherly love, and and uh, the two were like we became became very good friends again. Says says Rabbaracho, says this teaches us that when we're trying to make peace between two sides, you can't rely on intermediaries. You can't rely on third party, even if those third parties happen to be malachim, even if they happen to be angels. Rather, the two people have to meet themselves and sit down face to face between sort of four eyes, as they say, and discuss the issue and reach some kind of an amicable settlement. Because the reality is, as we know, when these kind of arguments uh, uh, break out, generally, the 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 the, the, the source of the of the of the uh, argument is some point in halacha, some point in philosophy, and it's often the the followers, it's often the people that uh, that. Uh, are peripherally involved, who carry it on and, and broaden the, the battlefield and make it an entire, entire huge kind of, kind of, uh, you know, uh, a merry-go-round of stuff. And, and when, when the two protagonists, the two, uh, who have this issue actually sit down and discuss it, they're often either to, able to work it out and find some common ground or at least in an amicable way agree to to, to uh, disagree that they have a different way of looking at it in Allah, but that's fine. We, we don't all have to agree on everything. And at the end of the day, it can be, it can be a, a, a shalom, shalom on Yisrael. So we told a, a Hasidish Shemai, so let's tell a, a, a literature sto- a story that, uh, uh, Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, for famous story, uh, uh, the, 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 it was called the Briska, uh, a Rav, he was uh, one of the great uh, uh, leaders, one of the great Abonim in his in his uh, in in his generation. And uh, one time, Rabbi Yosef was traveling on a train, accompanied by some of his family and 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 Tamidim. And uh, it reached the time for them to daven to daven mincha. So, of course, uh, the Rav wanted to daven with a with a minion of uh, of of ten people. And his, he and his, and his entourage didn't make quite ten. There were eight. So he, uh, he looked. There were two other, uh, uh, Jews in, in the carriage. Unfortunately, those Jews were not necessarily from the observant type. They might have even been from the type of the masculine, uh, 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 camp. Um, and, uh, so one of the, one of the, one of, uh, Rabbi Yosef Dov's, uh, followers, Approached them and uh, asked them if they would be prepared to to uh, to join to be number nine and ten in in the in in the minion. When they heard the request, they uh, demurred, not so friendly, and they got up and walked out of the carriage and went to another to another carriage, leaving Yosef Dov with only a party of eight, and they were forced 
to to Daven Yechidus. After they finished Minuch, everyone sat down, and the two Jews came back to their seats as if nothing, as if nothing had uh, had happened. So uh, Yosef Doiv said to his uh, to his Talmidim, says our, our Chachamim tell us in, in Bereshis Rabbah that Yaakov Avinu was so wealthy. He had so many flocks of, of sheep and so much so much cattle that he needed to have six hundred thousand dogs in order to act as police, in order to round up and control the huge amount of 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 a flock of uh, sheep and cattle that he had in his in his possession. So therefore, he says, there's something that bothered me all, all my whole life. You know, Yaakovino, as part of his attempt to to placate. Uh, Esav, so he sends a gift. He sends a mincha to to him, and there were there were all kinds of animals. There were goats and 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 uh, and lambs and and rams and and bulls and and cows and and donkeys, etc. etc. All sorts of animals. And so it always bothered me. Why didn't uh, uh, Yaakovino also send dogs? Well, it was a huge amount of animals. Surely he needed to send some dogs to help control. To help control the flock, and I never understood the answer. But he says, "Now, today, I, I understand the answer because it's true. Yaakov Avinu did want to send some dogs together to control and keep all the other animals in in line. But what he was sending was a mincha, and uh, dogs usually run away when they hear about a mincha, and that's why there were no dogs available." For, for Yaakov to send with, with the, with the flux. We're only just beginning. We're going to be back in just a moment. This is 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, and don't run away yet. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul, back on your radio on a Friday afternoon here in Johannesburg. It is such a pleasure to be joining you, and thank you so much for taking the time, making the effort to put on your radios, put on your computers, whatever it is that you're listening to, whatever your AirPods or iPods, whatever it might be. We are really, really glad to have you as part of our show to, today. So let's get stuck. Let's let's talk some Torah. Yaakov Avinu sends a message at the very beginning of our Pasha. He's on his way home. He's back, coming back from 20 years in Lovan's house, on his way back to see his father. And he sends a message to Esav. Esav, who he knows is his protagonist. Esav, who hasn't seen him for nearly 35 years. And uh, there's no great love lost between them. He sends him the message and he says... I've been living with Lovon and I delayed coming back until until now. And Rashi wants to know what's the point of mentioning in Lovon Garti that I've been with Lovon. Rashi says, even though I've been in Lovon with Lovon for 20 years, I didn't learn from any of his bad of his bad ways or the second shot Garti the word Garti has the gematria the numerical value of 613 
I lived with Laban and I kept the entire 613 mitzvahs. And the obvious question is, how? How is it possible that being for 20 years in the company of the probably the greatest swindler crook and and and, and fiend in in the history of the world in the in the company of Lavan Horosha and uh, and his family how can it be that that did not in any negative way influence Yaakov and his family we have a rule our Chazal say Oi Lerosha woe is to Russia and woe is to anyone who lives in this proximity because it's inevitable that some of that negativity is going to wear off on the on, on, on the person in that environment. The Rambam writes in Hilchas Deus in Perik Vav I think it is that's very very famous Rambam that it's Derech Priyosi Shal Adam it's a normal part of the way Hashem created the human being, that a person is going to be influenced both in the way he thinks, in his value system, and in his actions, because of the kind of company, because of the kind of friends, because of the kind of environment that he finds himself in. And he behaves in the, in the customs and the attitudes and the behaviors of the other people who live in his country. If that is so, what gave Yaakov Avinu the Kayach, the incredible inner strength, to remain completely, completely faithful to his, to his, uh, 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 religion, to, to, to get married, to bring twelve shvatim, holy shvatim, into this into this uh, 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 world without uh, uh, his mother and and father being around him, with no support, with no with no help, with no brothers or, or uncles around, and and at a time when your own father-in-law, who's such a rush, is literally running after you and and tricking you. One time after another, a hundred times he changes your 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 salary and, and does everything in his power to undermine you. We know Lover was an absolute Russia. He was a he was a, a murderer and, 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 and he took the people that he killed and made idols out of them. He was completely full of others to such an extent that no one, no one knew what he actually should be called. He was so black. He was so tainted. He was so uh, 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 disgusting from the massive amount of Averis he had done. And therefore, they used the euphemism. And they called him Lavan. They called him white because that's exactly the opposite of what, of what, uh, what it was. Right? Just like in Gemara, we often call someone who is uh, a blind person, we call him a saginar. He has enough light when, of course, he has, he has nothing. And nevertheless, Yaakov stood absolutely sterling strong, didn't move from his own behavior, and he continued to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with all of his ability. 
and as he himself testifies about himself in love on God, he was tired Shemati. I was able to be in that environment and was not influenced at all. And the question is, as I said, how? How do you do it? So we have to try and explain that so long as a person is impressed from that which is going on around it, and he thinks that the people who are around him have something to teach him they're they're on some level important and 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 great, so then oh he's great or me he has certain attributes that i we will then open ourselves up to learn from his actions, but if I believe that this other, the, all the people that are in this environment are absolutely nothing compared to me, not that we, I would dis, act in a disrespectful way to them, but I know in my heart of hearts that I am far superior to them, and I'm not impressed by anything they do, and therefore I have no desire to be attached to them, to be like them. Yaakov Avinu, testifies about Lavan and says, Im Lavan I was with Lavan and I delayed until now. And all these animals are oxen and donkeys and sheep and, and servants. In other words, Lavan himself was considered in, in Yaakov's eyes as being no more important than an ox or a donkey, a servant or a maidservant. And therefore, I didn't learn from him. There was nothing from him that I could learn. The Shulchan Aruch, in the very, very first halacha, brings the Ramah, and the Ramah says, don't get embarrassed. Even if there are people that tease you, even if there are people that make fun of you because of the way, the insidious way, that you are serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. One of the things that can guarantee a person's ability to be able to keep mitzvahs and, and to remain strong and steadfast in the ways of Hashem is I don't get embarrassed in front of those who might want to make fun of me. It doesn't bother me. If it's time to shachris, the diamond shachris, I will stand up and I will put on my, my tilt. I'll do what I have to do. On the contrary, I, he, a person who really cares about his Yishkind will sort of maintain the dictum as opposed to I have that little bit of confidence, that little bit of, of, of staunchness that I am doing the right thing and through that I will not be in, influenced by my environment at all in a negative in a negative way. The great going of Khan Hashem Yinkan Damoy, the author we know of course of Kaivitz Shiurim went to America to raise money for the yeshiva 
at a time when there was no such thing as as Chalavisro. At that time, there were a certain number of 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 important rabbonim that, because of the difficulty in in attaining it, were lenient in 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 the matter, and they and they claimed that since nowadays, right, uh, uh, people don't uh, we don't really uh, milk animals that are not kosher. One can drink uh, uh, milk uh, that is not supervised uh, by Jews without any. Any, any, uh, any worry. Right? That doesn't necessarily apply. Now, I want to get into discussion, but, uh, certainly here in South Africa, there's a question about whether one can rely on, uh, on government regulation, etc., etc. Rabbi Hanan was machmir on himself, and he would not drink that milk as long as he was in America. First day that he was, he arrived in the States, so he was staying in a, in a, in a guest house, in a hotel, and the, the proprietor of, of the institution came and, and offered him a, a cup of coffee with, with milk in it. Rabbi Khanan refused to take the cup of, of coffee, and he said that uh, he doesn't drink uh, uh, milk that's not supervised by Jews, so he was forced instead to to uh, 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 to uh, bring him a cup of, of black tea, and he had that instead. The next morning came again the proprietor of the hotel, breakfast time, and and offered Rabbi Hanan a cup of coffee with milk. Rabbi Hanan again pushed away the cup of milk and 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 said to the to the uh, owner of the hotel, quite questioningly, why you bring me a coffee with with milk? I already told you yesterday that I don't drink a milk that's that's uh, not supervised by a Jew. So, so the proprietor says, "What? The rub still hasn't gotten used to it." You know, he was he was amazed. I, th- I thought, okay, on the first day that the rub would be careful about it. But afterwards I figured, you know, that uh, you already uh, get into the into the vibe over here and, and you'll, you'll behave like, you know, they call Minigah Medina. You'll, you'll act like the, the custom of the country. Everyone does that. There's nothing you can do about it. And generally, the, the it takes a day or two and to, to kind of get used to your surroundings and your situation and to understand that that's what there is. Everyone drinks milk not supervised by Jew, and that's why I brought the Rav a, a cup of coffee with, uh, with milk. Similar story. That, uh, that's what happened with Esau. Esau was absolutely certain that Yaakov Avinu would go to Choron, and in Choron, the, the the times and the place and the people would work their magic on on uh, on on Yaakov, and he would become you know a regular resident of 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 Choron, who who uh, you know behaves according to the customs and the lifestyle of that of that country, and himself would become. Another lover become a liar, become someone who wasn't so uh, uh, meticulous in keeping in keeping the truth. 
Yaakov Avinu protected himself it's in, in, in an incredible way. And when when uh, when uh, and when Lavan, uh, when he speaks about Lavan, he he basically he almost denigrates him and refers to him like an ox and and a donkey and a servant and a slave and a maidservant because that was his security, that was his strategy in being able to be protected and able to be to be uninfluenced by the bad midas and and the actions of of uh, all the residents of Lavan and Lavan's Lavan's house. You know, Rabbeinus and Abishitz was was very very loved and and very very uh, 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 kind of ofe with many of the non-Jewish government officials. They 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 recognized them and they they understood the incredible chokma that. Uh, that he had, and 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 they they relied on him. It says one of the times, so one of the one of the great uh, uh, government leaders, king, asked Rav Yannison. Says I don't understand. Says in your Torah, it says that in in judgment you always have to follow after the majority, as it says we go after the majority to decide a case. And since most of the world are not, are not, uh, are not Jews, good baby, what, 0.01% of the world population. So you should be like us and, 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 and go after the majority. Rav Yonasim in, in, in his incredible wisdom didn't answer right away. He said to, to the ruler, I, I need to think about it, about this question before I answer such a, Difficult, such a complicated question. In the meantime, Rav Yonason went out of of the of the palace, and he began to 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 scream. And he said, "Look, look! This 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 uh, this uh, the he started screaming. Look, look! The 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 king is is riding on a on a on a on a so on a, on a horse in in the heavens. Look up!" and Rabbi Yonason uh, 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 turned to one of the priests that was standing there and said to him, look, don't you see? Don't you see the king riding on, on a horse in, in, in Shemayim? The priest, of course, was embarrassed to, to, to admit that the, uh, the, the, you know, the Jewish rabbi could see things that he couldn't even, even see. So he just also started looking up and he started calling out, look, yeah, wow, that's amazing. Look, can, can you see what, what I see? Look, the king is riding on a horse in, in the Shemayim. And uh, after a few few minutes, so another another priest came by and when he saw uh, the two of them, his fellow priests, also pointing up to Shemayim and in incredible amazement at what he was <laughs> what he was seeing, so of course he, he couldn't admit that he couldn't see a thing, and he also joined them and he started looking up to heaven and he started screaming until very very quickly, <laughs> a, a huge crowd gathered, more and more people kept coming, all of them looking up, not knowing what they were seeing, but they seen how everyone else was looking up and shouting and getting all excited, 
after a very, very short time, the street was packed with hundreds of people all looking up at the heaven, all screaming. Right? Look, 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 our, our king is the, he's, he's God. He's up in the, he's up in the heaven. In the meantime, so Ravi, Ravi Anderson slipped away from the place, went back to the palace and said to the king, my master, the king, I have an answer to your question. Please come with me for one minute out onto the, out onto the, uh, the porch and tell me if you see, do you see yourself riding on a horse in the Shemayim? So the king went to the porch and he answered Rabbi Yonason, absolutely. I certainly I don't see myself. So Rabbi Yonason asked him and said, excuse me, just open your ears and listen to what everyone else is saying. They're all looking up there. They're all all excited. They're all screaming. Look, okay, look, our, our master is up. Our, our king is riding on a horse in Shemayim. How come you don't believe them? How come you don't go after there are hundreds of people shouting at you in heaven and you're saying you're not? What what kind of a, a majority is that? Ask ask the, the king. What are you talking about? This is a majority of people that are that are stupid, people that are that are gullible, people that are liars. What are they they're making up things that have no reality have no reality in, in the world? How can I go after them? Says Aryanison, that's the answer. We are, we believe in the real Akadish Baruch, in the real religion. Why should we go after a majority of people who are following something that's exactly the opposite of, of the truth? As we say, Vinasang Lanu Tairas Emes. Hashem gave us a Torah that was absolutely true. Torah emes, Moshe emes, the Sarah emes. If we believe that what we have is true, and we dedicate and devote ourselves to it with all our power, then we have the strength to be protected, to be strengthened, and and to be ensured that we will not be influenced by the crazy, wild, and completely uh, disenfranchised world that's around us. This is 101.9 Chai FM. The show is soul to soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is soul to soul. We are back on your radio here in Johannesburg on a Friday afternoon. A bit of a cool Friday afternoon. Hope you are enjoying your Erev Shabbos and getting done what you need to get done. As we always do at this point on the show, the important times that you need to know for this Shabbos. So the standard Johannesburg summer candlelighting time is, of course, quarter past six. The actual latest time for lighting Shabbos Lich this week is at 6.30. 6.30 is the latest time, but again, one really, really needs to to make sure that one gets it up before before that uh, that that time. Don't wait till too too long before the uh, the end of the of the situation. 
uh, if uh, your shul uh, accepts Shabbos, in other words, says Mizmo Shiliyom Shabbos, slightly later than that, then I guess you could extend until the time that the community that you are part of accepts Shabbos, provided it's before sunset. Sunset, of course, is at 6.48, 18 minutes after the actual latest time for lighting candles. The earliest time for lighting is by about 25 past 5. One can already uh, light light Shabbos licht. So that's certainly something to strive for, something to push for, to get your Shabbos started on a really, really good and positive uh, foot. And even, as I say, sit down and eat the meal early. Certainly if you're not going to shul or if you can find an early minion to daven at. They have, I think some places have early Shabbos minyonim, which just makes it a little bit easier, especially if you have kids and you'd like the kids to be up for the Suda, which is so nice, such a special thing to have the children with you when you have the, the Shabbos meal. So certainly to try to get that that uh, organized. Tomorrow is, as you say, Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Vayishlach with the normal Haftarah, which is... Uh, the book of Ovadia, certainly for the for the Ashkenazim, and uh, Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at twenty five minutes past seven, getting towards our our latest our latest time. Interesting, we've already in the morning we've already passed the earliest sunrise. It's actually starting already almost to come to come back, um, but sunset is still getting later. We still have another about fifteen minutes. To, to go slightly more uh, uh, till to the the apex of of the of the uh, of the summer, um, and yes, this is the week in which Hanukkah, well, please God, will start. Please God, on Thursday night will be the first night of Hanukkah. So next Shabbos, which is Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Vayeshev, will be Shabbos Hanukkah, which is an unusual situation. Usually, Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Miketz is the Shabbos that coincides. With uh, with Hanukkah, but that's interesting. Maybe we'll have something to say about that next week as we do our Hanukkah show next week on Friday of afternoon. Currently, we are learning the laws of of Cholamayid, and we we're talking about those people who are allowed to do malacha on 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 Cholamayid. And we've already said that that uh, uh, one of the restrictions and one one of the many reasons, in fact, why a lot of the activities are are forbidden on on Chalamayid is because uh, we don't want people to specifically leave things that need to be done and maybe that really could be done before the the Chag starts and do them, in fact, on on uh, on on Chalamayid, thereby. Really, a, a kind of embarrassing the the yontif where instead of it being the time that it's supposed to be, it now becomes the time for us to catch up on everything that we need actually to be to be uh, to be doing. You know, um, when uh, when uh, we we when we have a situation where there are things that that uh, are are possible damages, things that could hurt a person or a person's uh, a property. And that, if that starts on Cholomoyed, and, and we said that it's very possible, it could cause a, a significant loss of money. So, so uh, you know, any example, let's say we're talking about a case where uh, you've had an infestation of who knows what, some kind of 
flying thing or crawling thing or running thing that has uh, that has uh, invaded your 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 property. So you'd be allowed then to spray the these creatures and and get get rid of it because that uh, that uh, was something that uh, what needs to be dealt with. Of course, if they can, you know, depending what they are, eat your wood or eat your food or whatever it might. It might be, but that would only be if the first manifestation of that attack happened over the Yamtiv. But if you knew about it long before Yamtiv, that you already need to really to to spray, uh, uh, you know, your your area, your 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 house uh, uh, to protect against these these chachas, and you just never kind of got around to it. And just pushed it off until, until Chalmai, you know, Chalmai, you're home, someone home all day, you don't want to leave workers in, in the house without someone there, so Chalmai, people are home, so you figure, I'll push it off and do it, and do it, uh, do it then. So there, since you specifically pushed off the work to be done only on, on, uh, on Chalmai, so in that situation, we forbade him to, to plant Sorry, to, to, uh, to spray. You're never talking about an agricultural area. You're, you're plants or something like that. You're a farmer. You got a big field out there of whatever it is growing. And, and uh, there are various things attacking it. You can, if, if you intentionally pushed it off until, until Chalmoid, you cannot do it on, on Chalmoid. And the general principle is, is uh, as follows that anyone who specifically leaves work over to do on Cholomoyed, Chazal imposed a fine. Chazal was strict upon him and will not allow him to do that work, even if now, because you've been lazy and haven't sorted it out before, now you're going to claim, now it's a davra over. Now, if I don't do something about it now, uh, it's going to cause a loss. Thank you very, very much. Why didn't you do something about it last week or two weeks ago or when, when you first noticed the problem and sorted it out then? Why did you specifically wait for for, for Cholomite? Because we said that, that, that the permit to do any kind of work under the banner of a davra over is something where, where loss is going to become is only in in a in a desperate situation for someone who is absolutely necessitated to do malacha on chalamayit. In order, I have to do the malacha now, in order to be saved from some kind of loss or or some kind of uh, uh, anxiety or, or or pain. But not for someone who really could have ameliorated that pain and that suffering by doing something about it weeks before and just you decided to leave it over for Chalmai and now it's become an urgent and urgent thing. And even if it's what what you want to do is not a, a difficult task it's something that's, a, that's quite uh, easy and you can get a, a non-Jew to do it the answer is no says Mishnah Brewer you may not do that on, uh, on, on, on Chalmai. And even if, let's say, you didn't know that, you weren't aware that it's forbidden, you haven't listened to our Hilchus Chalmoyed show, and you don't yet know that it's also to specifically leave work over to do on, on Chalmoyed. But nevertheless, it doesn't make a difference. Since you specifically organized that this job should be done, the job is not allowed to be done on, uh, on, on Chalmoyed. Um, 
if you uh, didn't intentionally leave work over for Cholomoyed, and now knowing that you shouldn't, you nevertheless wantonly went and did the work anyway on Cholomoyed, so the the, the Poiskim say, Hashulchan brings it down, that you're not allowed to have any benefit from whatever profit, whatever you earn from that from that work, you're not allowed to to have any benefit, any any benefit from from it. We're going to be going to the shops now, just for a moment, and then we'll be back with our final segment. This is one one point nine five, and the program is soul to soul. Please don't run away yet. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, we're back on your radio, Rabbi Moshe Schnurb here with the Soul to Soul program for Friday afternoon. As we approach the bewitching hour of 3 o'clock, we will have to make way. There's the shame for some other amazing programming and some wonderful music to get us into the Shabbos, into the Shabbos mood. We were talking about someone that, uh, uh, against the, the instructions of the Chazal, of the, of the Halacha, uh, uh, goes and sort of schedules work specifically to be done on Cholomoyed, even though it could have, should have been done uh, before. So we mentioned that he's not really allowed to have any benefit from, from that, that work. The Halacha says that you know, uh, in in previous times when there was a base of mikdash, or even later, the the the, the Bezdin had tremendous tremendous powers of not only legislation but also enforcing the 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 legislation. They had they had police powers in terms of seeing to it that the halacha was uh, adhered to, and and therefore uh, they actually had the power and and the and the license that if someone did work on Cholomoyed in, in complete violation of, of what Chazala prescribed that you weren't allowed to do on, on Cholomoyed, Bezdin had the right to destroy whatever they did on, uh, on, uh, on, on Cholomoyed. And uh, if, if he unfortunately was no longer alive, then they wouldn't impose such a fine on his heirs because they didn't do anything wrong. But for a person that, uh, that himself broke the halacha, there, there were stringent uh, measures taken taken a, a, against him. Now, if, uh, if someone took upon himself to perform a, a, certain, a certain contract, he was given a job, and part of the agreement was that if he finishes it after a particular date, was a deadline given, and if he finishes after that date, then he's going to have to pay a significant fine, or maybe he won't get paid. Uh, uh, he'll have to uh, sort of give up the money he's supposed to get, or pay money back uh, for the fact that he missed the deadline and was and, and was late. So the question is now: Can he work on chalmoid? So the halacha says as follows: If, when he took upon himself the job, he was quite confident that he would be able to finish the job on time without having to work on Cholomoyed. And as the job progressed, you know how it goes with builders. Sometimes they give you a particular date and somehow 
due to some obviously gremlins in in the system, some supply chain glitches or or whatever cost overruns or whatever it is, they never quite seem to finish at the time they say they're going to finish, and often uh, their cost overruns also, and they end up uh, whatever it is. We we know we know the situation. So now he's faced with the situation that with after all the snarls and hiccups and 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 uh, delays that have occurred. He's now facing a situation that if he does not work on on Cholamoid, he will not be able to finish the contract on on time. So now it's a Dover Ovet. Now he's going to lose money since he's if he doesn't finish on time. So in, in that situation, he's allowed in that situation to work on on Cholamoid. But if when he took the contract, he knew full well that even if he works really hard and, and, and somehow uh, in, ensures that all the uh, different glitches don't happen, uh, uh, there's a very, very high likelihood that he will never be able to finish the job unless he works on Chalmayit. So then, that then is a, uh, that then is a, is a situation where, of course, uh, he had no right to take that that uh, job when he knew he was going to have to work on Chalmoy, and th- and then it would be it would be forbidden. Then that's considered as if you deliberately set aside to work on on Chalmoy, and he would not be allowed to to work then on 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 Chalmoy. And just generally, one one needs to know that the the allowance to work on Chalmoy is only in specific. Uh, questions each one has to be dealt with. There's no blanket uh, 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 allowance in most situations to work on on uh, on on chalamayit, right? It's it's something that uh, that is not going to happen every yom Something that could happen once in a while where a person has a particular situation and and you'll ask you'll ask a question in that in that situation. Someone who owns a a a, a business and he wants every single yom he's looking for a a hetter is looking for an allowance to work on on Yantav because of Dovra Ovid, again, depending particularly what industry he is, but generally speaking, uh, with the, uh, the, the Rabbanim are not going to allow him to, to do that because we're not talking here, again, Dovra Ovid, and I keep repeating it, is, is only relevant when we're talking about a loss where you're going to have to take money out of your pocket. But uh, uh, if they're talking about, well, I won't be able to make so much profit if I don't work on uh, on Khalid, or we're talking about a, a business that uh, <laughs> maybe it's not being run as properly as it as it should. Therefore, the work on, on, on Khalid is not going to solve his problem, is not going to solve his, uh, his issues, and therefore he needs to look for something, some other way of doing it. That seems to be the end of our time for this week. I just want to take the opportunity to thank each and every one of you for joining us and to wish all of you an amazing, beautiful Shabbos of Shabbos of Achtos, Shabbos of being together, of learning, of growing, maybe even of sleeping a bit, nothing wrong with that. And to each and every one of you, a beautiful, good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom.